Man, Kyrie Irving has issued a to-do list from Josiah and the Nets. Anthony Davis has everyone running to the NBA trade machine. And is it Groundhog's Day in LA Clipperland? I'm Rosa Panda. This is the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Oh, you know me. That's right. <laughs> I'm feeling good, man. Sammy, how you living, my friend? I'm good, man. Despite the uh, Groundhog Day that you mentioned before, I'm trying to stay positive as much as possible. Of course, shout out to uh, our missing member, John, right now. We're going to talk about, once again, the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving. If you've been living under a rock, Kyrie Irving... Um, has been suspended by the Brooklyn Nets for, I guess, promoting a movie over Twitter that has some anti-Semitic tones. And, well, the Brooklyn Nets have issued this for Kyrie Irving. They gave him a list of things to do after he has failed to, I just outwardly condemn this movie. This is what the list looks like. First, apologize and condemn the movie. Two, make a $500,000 donation to anti-hate causes. Three, do sensitivity training. Four, anti-Semitic training. Five, meet with anti-discrimination league and Jewish leaders. And six, meet with Josiah to demonstrate Kyrie Irving's understanding of all this. And I guess I wanted to start with this. Do you guys think that this list is fair? Do you think this is fair for Kyrie Irving to return back to the Brooklyn Nets? I think so. I mean, the I think the reason it got so extensive is because in Joe Sai's eyes, from what he put out there in public statements, uh, is that he was giving Kyrie every opportunity to show some level of apology basically and some remorse over and over and over and then when he finally came out and had that media availability and essentially didn't apologize that pretty much put it over the top so you know the most interesting thing i find out about this list is if you look at number six there that meet with joe side to demonstrate understanding that's very subjective to me that's mm-hmm. kind of joe side saying if i still don't like what i hear i'm just still yeah. gonna you down so it's interesting that that one is the last one on the list. I'm curious to see if it's going to be like a rubber stamp or if they're almost going to hold that over his head to determine his future. Like, I'm not trying to read too far in the tea leaves, but that's how I read it. I mean, Jay, you think I'm overreading on this? No, I don't think you're overreading it. Um, with the Nets, I always feel like it's tough to read them because they're all about winning. Like the Udoka hiring, that's all about winning. And then they complain about their PR but they put themselves in a bad position. And it's just like that one girl from high school that's like, I'm not drama, but drama follows me everywhere. That is the Brooklyn Nets, ladies and gents. That is the Brooklyn Nets. Like this list, which I do agree with on a PR perspective, is good for the NBA. Because frankly, and for Brooklyn, because Brooklyn has a high population of the Jewish community. But come on now, like... The training, like sensitivity training, 
We all remember, like, in the office when Michael Scott had to do Diversity Day. Did I really make <laughs> Michael be more compassionate? Be, you know, yeah. be more aware in the office about what he says? I don't think so. Absolutely not. It, it just sounds like what the Nets is doing is trying to cover their butts on the PR side. But number two, they're making a list for what it seems like a high schooler. Like, you don't have lists like this for a professional athlete. You make lists for your son that's in high school that needs to do chores. If you do this for professional, it's usually linked to what, fellas? To bonuses, not consequences. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I am I know that you mentioned that last one was, like, meet with Josai. And it was interesting that he put it in there. I I really like it. And this is the reason why I like it. Anyone could complete a checklist, okay? Mm-hmm. And not mean it. And it not mean a thing to them. Right? Josai wants to meet with Kyrie Irving to make sure that he truly understands. Because, honestly, I don't think Kyrie thinks he did anything wrong. And I think the majority of people would say that his apology was kind of cryptic. And it was hard to understand. And it wasn't like a blatant no, like I am not this, or yes, I am that. It was just vague. And I think meeting with Josiah is important here for him to be sort of the barometer since, you know, he's the boss, right? On whether or not he should return to the team. Am I out of pocket here? I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think you are if you take it in good faith, which it very well could be. But can I play devil's advocate? Yes. Is it also possible that that's an out for the Nets to keep him suspended if they just don't want to bring him back? Ooh. The other part of okay. that is that suspension is also without pay. So every game that he's out, it costs something like, doing the rough math, like 400 grand. So obviously, if he gets to that step and Josiah still shuts him down, they're going to have an issue with the NBA, NBA Players Association for sure. But I'm going back and forth about the, the intention of that. I think on one level you're right, but the other part of me can't help but conspiracy theory it a little bit. And the other part that makes me think that as well is this is very unconfirmed, but do you remember last week when we spoke about Udoka, it seemed like his hiring was eminent, and you noticed that it kind of just stopped? Right. There are rumors that a certain NBA commissioner slowed it up for the Nets because of the said PR that... JJ was talking about earlier. Man. So you put all this together and it just makes you wonder what's going on behind the scenes. So I had to take it on both sides. That That's how I read it. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, I want to mention that Jalen Brown, who is the vice president of National Basketball Players Association, um, he had this quote to say. He said, I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic. I don't think people in our governing bodies think he's anti-Semitic. He made a mistake. We understand from an outside perspective how important sensitivity is to not condone hate speech and not condone anything of that nature. It's sensitivity to the di- dialect around that. We don't want to stand up for somebody in order to condone to not condemn hate speech but I don't believe Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic and hopefully the NBA feels the same way. And he took it even farther. He said that they think that the Players Association is going to make moves to appeal Kyrie Irving's suspension. 
what do you guys think of Jalen Brown's statement here? I mean, for Jalen Brown to be a representation from the, the players union, I don't think this was a good look for him at all. You could definitely see the outcry from the Boston uh, fan base. But even from NBA fans, like right now, don't even touch Kyrie with the stick at this point. Don't even like mention anything. Don't say who's wrong, who's right. It should be all about um, about damage control, which Jalen Brown is not doing. He's putting gasoline to the fire, number one. And number two, the NBA has spent so much money, especially within the last two years, guys, about um, social injustice, solidarity, um, protecting each other because there's so much wrong in the world. And then this, like, Kyrie posted this film that caused this much drama. And whether you believe it or not, people don't like it. That's what it comes down to. Uh-huh. You know, like, it. the NBA is all about its fans. So why? What's what is the? What are you doing, Jalen Brown? Yeah, it's kind of stupid of him. No upside to making a statement in the media about this on that side of the coin. You want to address it? Address it behind the scenes. Do not get in front of a microphone. Don't even look like you're taking the side of someone who, whether he meant to or not, came off with views that look anti-Semitic. There is no upside here. This was a PR mistake. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And now Jalen Brown sort of becomes like one of the faces of this story now. Mm-hmm. And he's going to try to probably speak about this several times after games, before games, whatever. I don't know. It's kind of shaky. Um, it doesn't help either that he was signed to Kanye West's Donta agency. That's right. And Kanye West has oh, been under man. fire for his anti-Semitic, you know, tweets. So Jalen Brown right now is just like, come on, man. Like you're you are already under scrutiny by being signed with Kanye West's um, agency and making statements about that agency and Kanye West. And now you have this. Not a good move, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely interesting to see how this plays out. But I'm going to take this back to basketball here. Kyrie Irving, I don't know if he's ever going to play for the Brooklyn Nets or even in the NBA again. That's that's honestly up in the air. What's your guys' confidence level that Kyrie Irving can come back from this and return to the NBA? Give a percentage. Dang. Okay. I know so, this, I mean, is tough, you... this is a tough question. <laughs> percent 50 50 percent literally i am 50 50 on this i am very torn on this i'm a i think i have a take that's pretty bold okay i think it's here you go it reminds me of the kaepernick situation guys wow okay because with kaepernick you could have argued a few years ago that compared to half of the league who had these quarterbacks that were that weren't even like worthy of starting yeah Kaepernick did not was even he no one even wanted to touch Kaepernick and it's not even about talent uh-huh. you know some people are gonna 
um, argue that. Like, well, it's because of his politics. Yeah, it's because the NFL is a business and they don't want to deal with any controversy because look at with the Nets. Like, controversy, even though it sells usually, it's a headache. And it's not the kind of controversy that you want. I'm with you, Jake. I'm I'm going like 15%, something low. And I'm thinking the same thing. It has nothing to do with talent because we know that Kyrie Irving is literally one of the nastiest one-on-one basketball players I have ever seen. His mixtape is absolutely ridiculous. I love him on the basketball court, but the circus around him is just too much. I don't think anyone's going to be able to sign him anymore. And if that's true, they're without Kyrie Irving, okay? Ben Simmons seems like a shell of himself and like he can't shoot the basketball for whatever reason. The Brooklyn's right now, the Brooklyn Nets sit now at four and six. They're currently, I think they're playing the Dallas Mavericks. We don't know how that pans out, but they have wins against the Raptors, Pacers, Wizards, Hornets, and losses to the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Bucks, Mavericks, Pacers, and Bulls. My thing is, is if the Brooklyn Nets season goes haywire, should they trade Kevin Durant or either future young pieces, picks, whatever it may be? What do you guys think? So just to throw this out there really quick, they actually just finished that game. And they lost by two. Just just to start this off. Uh, I just got curious and checked. Four and seven. Four and seven. Let's start this by... <clears throat> As much maligned as Durant is, in the middle of all this, he just won Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Respect. Because True. dealing with all the nonsense he's dealing with over there to, to pull that is pretty impressive. So I just want to throw that out there. Now, to answer your question, it feels like the way they're going, they're going to turn into Lakers wet, or East, right? Uh, and I know John's not on here to defend the Lakers, but I'm going to take an indirect shot at them anyway. <laughs> if you pull Kyrie off this team, so let's go with what you guys are saying. Kyrie doesn't come back. Ben Simmons looks like a project at best. What's the ceiling of the team now? 40 wins? Maybe. With gold? Maybe. Yeah. What does that get you? So you've lost most of your picks in that Harden trade. You have to trade him. What's the point? I mean, Jay, I are you there so too? Adamant about it. I just, yeah, JJ. I mean, what do you do? You have nothing to build around him with. So I, I'm trading him right away if this keeps going the way it's going. Dude, look, Ben Simmons didn't even play the past four games with Kyrie Irving and KD. They didn't look good. They were last with defensive ranking. They're okay on offense. They're like, what, 15th, which is okay, but that's not going to win you a championship. It's like stocks, baby. It's like stocks. Sell while it's high. I'm, I'm there too. Like, I'm looking at Kevin Durant if I'm Josiah, and I'm like, this is the only piece for the future. This is the only thing I have, right? And... I think I think you gotta trade them, dude. I don't know what a trade would possibly look like, but actually, we're gonna take a short little break with a word from our sponsor. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, boys, we're going to take it to our next topic here. And it's from the podfather, Bill Simmons. He said, so the Lakers lost today. I don't know why I added that quote. Sorry, John. Um, there's some buzz, <laughs> some, some buzzing that AD might be available. That's, that's a plan B because Westbrook trade or whatever they think they can get for Westbrook and whatever and whether you want to give up future assets maybe that doesn't even make sense because what are you getting if you're the lakers so bill simmons thinks that there's some buzzing going around ad that he may be possibly on the trade block do you guys believe this or not you think it's news or noise i think it's news what do you think sammy I'm, i'm with you i think you have to explore all options right if you're that team right now yeah is, yeah, is what Bill Simmons making sense? Do you guys agree with that assessment of that situation with Westbrook? Yeah, I think, you know, going back, let me just say this. With the LeBron James and 80 fit, the reason that they won that championship was that they won it off their athleticism and their greatness. Now that they're getting older and they're aging, if you really think about it, their styles don't really match. Like LeBron needs to be with shooters. Uh-huh. Junior, Jun, you have said this over and over and over again, that LeBron needs to be with shooters. Sammy, you, you've always said that the Lakers need, you know, they don't even have shooting in AD. Uh-uh. Yeah. I think he has the worst field goal percentage of the big three. I think right now, I think he's shooting like something crazy low on field goal percentage. I mean, I'm talking about like mid-range jumpers and stuff like that. It was I like think 18 it's at like, or 20%, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm with you, Jay, where like the pairing between LeBron and AD, it's looking kind of questionable right now. Who would... Sammy, go ahead. Well, the only thing I would add on to this is at this point in his career, LeBron doesn't just need a complimentary player on the court. He needs a player who's going to be durable and available Yes, because he's at the yeah. point in his career where realistically he should play 60-65 games. Like He's got to keep his legs for the playoffs, assuming obviously they get there, which this year looks not in the cards. So I, having Davis with him, who we've talked about ad nauseum, is just for all his talent is a very brittle player. Just on every level now, this it's just it's not going to work. So that was just what I was going to add. I think for so many reasons they just don't pair well together anymore so please go ahead with your next point well i was going to say if anthony davis is on the trade block who would be some potential trade partners i think sammy you were on the trade nba trade machine a little bit here along with everyone else once they saw that tweet um sammy what what do you have enlighten us please i'm trying to weave some magic here because uh again want to give full credit to bill simmons on making this point anthony davis is also represented by clutch so the reason i bring that up is obviously that's 
pretty much half the Laker roster. Uh, and more so, in addition to that, I don't think they'll let him go to a small market. So that's instantly knocking out certain teams with a lot of assets. So, like they mentioned on their podcast, Utah would actually be super interesting because all of a sudden they're very good. There's no way he's going to Utah. Mm-hmm. So, don't think so. This feels like we're the next step in. That's- oh, I had one for the Knicks as well. Okay. You, okay. All so right. I'm trying to figure out what it looks like, but they passed on Mitchell because they were waiting for the next guy. Yep. This is the next guy, clearly. Hello, so, next guy. Yeah, so in this scenario, this is not like Westbrook, where Westbrook has one year left on his deal and the Lakers have to deal him, right? Davis has three years left. So the big rule when you're signing free agents, even if you're re-signing your own, is generally you can't trade them before January. In January, Mitchell Robinson becomes available. Hardenstein becomes available, uh, namely, for the Knicks. So, they also have a lot of picks, and at this point, if you're the Knicks, or if you're the Lakers, you have to start collecting assets. To me, it feels like the deal there is centered around some package of their kids that are on cheap deals and picks. So, that makes me think Mitchell Robinson, Toppin, Quickly, Picks. I know it doesn't sound as, like, major star coming back. But I really feel like what the Lakers need right now is flexibility. They need to not be locked into these deals where they can't do anything. You add those guys, you add three proven legit rotational players, and most importantly, that cap sheet is clean come the summer. Everyone is off the books except for LeBron and the the kids that you brought in. So it will probably take, I would say, some combination of three to four first-round picks and swaps. That's the first one I came up with. I don't know if it's got the star power. So, June, you tell me. You said you had one for New York. What does yours look like? Well, I want to talk about yours first. Okay. I think the only concern that I have here is I don't think LeBron's going to go for that. JJ, do you get the same sense? No, he would want a star player that could complement his game. And to be frank, to win now, right? Do the Knicks have that player? Are you thinking Barrett? Well, this is where Mm. my trade comes in. Kick it. Let's see it. So I think the Knicks, the Knicks will have to give up a pick. What round? One or two? I don't know. But to match salary, it's got to be RJ Barrett. And it's got to be Julius Randle coming back home. And the reason why the Knicks would do this is because Jalen Brunson gets a pick and roll mate with Anthony Davis. And I see both parties winning here. I have a trade. Ooh, okay. I have a trade. Do it. What do you got? What do you guys think? Revisit from two years ago where Anthony Davis wants to go back home, which is where? Pelicans? Oh, Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Chicago. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, Chicago. All right. And the Lakers get back fan favorite Caruso and hometown hero DeRozan. So you could have just stopped at Caruso and John would have taken the trade. First of all. Okay, so let's analyze both of these. So I'm going to start with Junes. Yeah, please. So 
I like the prospect of getting Barrett back. I will tell you the only concern I have with your trade, and this is as me, and clearly Polinka doesn't think like I do. Um, so Barrett has a five-year deal. Randall has four years left on his. The only concern I have with your trade is that you're locking them back in because you don't have flexibility again. Mm. So I see what you're saying. So my question for you guys before we get to the Chicago trade then is let's say you make that deal and you make some small moves around it. Because remember, Barrett's contract goes up significantly next year. He signed that max extension after they didn't get the Mitchell trade done. What's the ceiling of that team? Oh, man. Probably still playing. Okay. That's my concern. So that's why I wanted to throw that out there to you. Only because there's no contract flexibility unless you're able to turn Randall back around for something else. Which is also very possible. The Chicago trade... I feel like LeBron would love that one. I kind of like it. Come on, y'all. I kind of like it. <laughs> How many picks are going from Chicago <laughs> to LA in that trade, JJ? Whatever. I didn't even think work, about the picks. Whatever it'll make. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think LA is asking for at least two ones in that deal. I will tell you, you know who else I would want? And I don't know if Chicago would consider this too big an ask or not. He's not going to get talked about much. If I'm the Lakers, I want Patrick Williams back because he provides everything the Lakers don't have that they had on the title team. Mm. A little bit of shooting, a lot of defense. Just things the Lakers don't do anymore. They The defense yeah. is okay. They don't shoot. Um, if you can throw in a combination of those guys, the other thing I really like about that is you look at the numbers. DeRozan makes 27, not a huge number. Russell makes nine. Williams makes eight. Those are smaller contracts. They're easy to manipulate. So if you try something out, it doesn't work. You have so much flexibility now that you're not stuck like you are now. So for that reason, I like that one just a little bit better. You think Chicago would pull the trigger guys for that to get hometown hero Anthony Davis with with Levine? I wonder about DeRozan. Um, You know what the X factor for me would be on that one? What's going on with Lonzo Ball? If they find out Ball is able to play again, which I sincerely hope he is, now all of a sudden you look at that team on paper and it's Levine, Ball, Davis, Vooch. Like, it's a pretty good team in that yeah. scenario. If Ball is out, I wonder if they would hesitate a little. So, only because you're giving up a lot of wing depth. But I, I think it makes sense for them and it gives them, a, in name, the number one that they haven't had. I think that's the guy that like puts you over the top, right? And that's something that Chicago has desperately needed. That's a really interesting trade, JJ. That's a that's a pretty good one. Sammy, do you have another one? Uh, I was trying to figure out where does it make sense for him to go that he would go. So would he go to Dallas? Dallas would make sense, but you know where I always get stuck with Dallas and making trades is I feel like they do not have the star power to pull off a deal. If you look after Luka, they've got Christian Wood there. I don't know if you buy him as a legit number two. I don't, because if he was a legit number two... Yeah, well, this is what I'm... That that's sort of the the person I was thinking of actually. So I, I'm I'm thinking that Dallas is gonna give up a couple picks here. Christian Wood goes, okay, mm-hmm. and then also if he could get healthy, Davis Bertans okay. that provides a shooter for the Lakers. Westbrook gets a uh, a lob mate in Christian Wood, 
and then also LeBron gets a shooter with Bertans, and then Luca gets his immediate superstar help in AD. That's that's my thinking. Okay. And the Lakers get picks. That one, I see some of the appeal for it. I like the Chicago one a little bit better, if we're going through. I'll throw out one more to you I just came up with on the fly. And this would be a, uh, a smaller market, but one that's on the rise. Memphis. Ooh, no picks. Ooh, okay. No, no picks. picks. We're talking straight up. Davis for Jaron Jackson, and just to make the salary work, LA Lakers hometown hero Danny Green. Nothing else. If you want, maybe throw in oh. one pick. Danny Green. <laughs> Danny Green is there literally to make the salary match up oh, because he man. happens to have the perfect number oh, to make goodness. the salary work. Well, honestly, Danny Green would be perfect. Plays plays perimeter defense. You don't know what is what you're getting from three point though like, anymore. At most, toss in one first round pick from Memphis. That's perfect yeah. because Jackson is a very reasonable asset. Like almost, he's not quite on Davis's level because he has injury history. Yeah, but. That's I mean, so the does, other one. So does that, Davis. That's Memphis throwing their chips in the middle. Right. And giving him... Giving Jaw a very legit partner. I guess the question is, if you're if you're Memphis, do you feel like you need AD that's, to that's get the, there? That's the question. What do you feel the ceiling of this team is with Jaron Jackson? And do you think Davis raises it? In a way JJ. that Jackson doesn't. Would you do it? If I'm if I'm Memphis. the Grizzlies? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the Lakers would do it, but the Grizzlies would definitely do it. Okay. Ooh, state state your case. Why why you think? Cause would would that really make the Lakers that much better? I just think it makes them younger and more athletic. I don't does it make it outright better? I don't know. That's that's a very good point. I think they, they want to win now. With if there's a way that you could get help, LeBron and draft picks. I know that's yeah. an oxymoron, yeah. but that's that's the push and pull, right? That we're trying yeah. to find. Yeah, They're, it's yeah. really hard to find that team. Yeah, unless you know you want to bring Draymond over to LeBron and swing something involving the Warriors. <laughs> Draymond, Draymond and, and White <laughs> or AD. Draymond and oh, man. yeah, Draymond Kaminga and Moses Moody probably works. <laughs> oh, probably man. it probably but does. It makes no sense for LA because you really want to downgrade the shooting from Davis. Then let's let's put Draymond out there next to him and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, it might be a trade where I don't think anyone wins there, but I yeah. think JJ wins this round of uh, of NBA trade machine. I'm gonna take us to our next topic here. We're going to talk about the panic meter. We, we've been talking about this for the past, like, two or three pods. And new to the panic meter, we have the LA Clippers sitting at 5-5. Five and five. They're currently... Did they defeat the Cavs or did the Cavs they win? They came what back happened? from down 12 in the fourth, and they actually won by two. All right, the 6-5 and five LA Clippers with wins against the Cavs, Lakers, Kings, Rockets, Rockets again, Spurs, and losses to the Thunder. Thunder again, Suns, Pelicans, and Jazz. And now there's news that Kawhi Leonard is out indefinitely for ACL management. 
And this is a quote from Ty Lu. He said he's progress he's progressing and he's getting better. So that's the most important thing. There's really not a time frame of when he's going to be back. I feel like I said in the intro, it's Groundhog's Day all over again from last year. What is your panic meter now for the LA Clippers? Scale of 1 to 10, 10 is like your super panic, you're about to jump out the window. I'm going to start with the non-clipper, JJ. I, I hate to say it, Sammy, but I'm at a 7 or 8. Just because Kawhi's main issue has been injury. And when you talk about his knee or any of his lower extremities, it's, it's scary because that has taken him out of seasons mm-hmm. and games so the Clippers you know we've talked about it they're coached really really well but once you have Kawhi on your roster it's it's almost championship or bust so the, am I panicked actually let me take that back I'm, a, I'm about a six because you still have time but the news is kind of I don't know ambiguous I don't know how to decipher what's been released about this uh, ACL management or whatever they call that. Yeah. Sammy, I'm, I'm an eight. I am 100% an eight. And the, the big reason I'm an eight is if you told me that Ty Lu quote was from eight months ago, it would have sounded the exact same. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. What they said was after the second game, his knee started to stiffen up. And so John brought this up uh, last episode that we were all uh, together last Monday, which is at this point, he was out for a year and a half. Like two games and that knee stiffened up, man. You have to start wondering, is this it in terms of, I don't, I'm not saying is he not going to play again, but is he ever going to be able to play consistently? I don't doubt when he's on the floor that he'll be the same Kawhi because he was just as aggressive when he came out for those two games. But if he can't make it through two games in the regular season after a year and a half, it makes me very pessimistic that he would be able to get through four rounds of the playoffs. And for this team, I'll I'll give the Clippers this. They've gotten so used to rallying without him that beating the Cavs tonight is impressive, especially considering they were down by a dozen. Yeah. But if you're in that locker room, they've stayed so positive the whole time. How how do you keep maintaining that confidence that he's coming back and is going to be playing at least half the regular season and getting in the playoffs? So I am very panicked right now. I'm I'm hoping to be proven wrong, but so disappointing, man. I had so many. I was cautiously optimistic for this year. I said when we previewed it that my fear was health, and other than health, I thought they could beat anybody. And it strikes three games into the year, so it's it's a downer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. My my panic meter is up to it's it's up there with you, Sammy. It's about an eight, and the reason being is because the Clippers had championship aspirations with how deep their team was or is, right? And which is which is good, but the thing is, is that like when your team is deep and you're missing your number one player, you could be like a regular season juggernaut right you could still win a lot of games you could still get a high seating but when it comes to playoffs and the grind like you need to be a little top heavy yep so you have to be 
I'm, I, I'm gonna I, ask I changed my answer to a six to make Sammy feel better, but since June already made him feel bad, I'll, I'll say eight. <laughs> I'll say <laughs> 11 then. I'm sorry, Sammy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. So I'm, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Well, I'm gonna ask this actually. Is there a world where you see the Clippers in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard and they still make the NBA Finals? Mm. Is this possible? Still? Good question. And let's think about the depth here. Slim chance, but yes, I, I can see it only because minus one lob in, I think, game two of the conference finals two years ago, they almost made the finals. Yeah. And... PG, as maligned as he is, man, he stepped up in that playoff run and nearly got them all the way there. Like they, that team just ran out of gas, and so the depth is there, but you need PG to replicate that performance, and then somebody has to kind of step up and not fill Kawhi's shoes because you're not going to do that. But like Reggie Jackson in that playoff run was amazing. Can he? reach that level again can john wall pull that off is there another guy that i'm not thinking of right now so can they do it yeah but obviously i wouldn't favor them too but it's possible jj what do you think i think they'll go far but to reach the finals without your your superstar you need a you need a deep roster to go far in the playoffs you need your superstar to win your championship the past yeah. few cha- the past few finals MVPs have been MVP caliber players LeBron, Giannis, and Steph, and Kawhi. So right. yeah, you do need Kawhi. Those are great points, Jay. And uh, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you two for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Hey, let's end this on a good note. Uh, it's only what? How many games into the season? Ten games. A lot more basketball left, a lot more fun. Yeah, keep hope alive, Sammy. Sammy, (laughs) thanks for being on, man. Well, well, thank you for leaving us on a depressing note, but I will still keep hope alive. (laughs) Thank you. Always good to be here. And of course, shout out to the man, our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.